<laughs> Welcome to Matt and Elizabeth's episode one. We're still obviously working through the kinks about which song to use as our intro, but uh, maybe that's maybe maybe the fact that I am choosing that song is some subconscious thing about our marriage. Have you ever read the lyrics to that song? You know what it's about? It's about a man looking at someone drowning and letting them die. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly some dark... (laughs) Let's read those those lyrics now. We thought uh, that with our podcast, we would just want to update our family. We realized that with COVID, we haven't seen everyone as much as we could. And obviously, we've got a little baby on the way. You want to tell them about uh, the baby, Elizabeth? Yeah, so we have a, uh, a little baby on the way. We are, as of tomorrow morning, it'll be 23 weeks. We found out three weeks ago that at the anatomy scan that it's we a We found baby out three girl. weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> we were yeah. really concerned with Elizabeth's weight gain, so if we, find, we finally bit the bullet and, and took a test. thought it was too many Cheetos, really. It was a baby. No, we found out it was a baby girl, and then after a surprisingly short discussion about names, we settled on the first name, Ada. A-D-A. A-D-A. No middle name yet. No middle name. But there is a first name. We thought, look, with with how much our government right now is growing, meaning, uh, you know, the left is very popular and it's going to be big government, we really wanted to give our daughter a name that could potentially be an acronym for a future government agency. It is an acronym. It, what agency? Uh, oh, gosh. What is it? Well, let's find out. Something disability something. The American Diabetes <laughs> Association. <laughs> no, Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA. That's what I was thinking Oh, about. Americans with Disabilities Act. So if you had to choose, though. That for ADA to represent either the American Diabetes <laughs> Association or the American Disabilities Act, which one would you choose as the parent of Ada? Which one's worse or which one's better? Oh, gosh. It depends. If she ever gets diabetes, I wouldn't want her name to be the acronym for the American Diabetes Association. Yeah, and I guess statistically it's more likely she's going to have di- some type of type <laughs> 1 or 2 diabetes. Especially if you look at my side of the family. No offense, no offense, mom. Calm down. (laughs) (laughs) There's no type 1 diabetes on either side of our family, though. There's no type 1. But everyone's unhealthy and we eat a lot of sugar, so that's that. All right, back to the Phil Collins song. These are the lyrics. I can feel it coming in the air tonight, and I've been waiting for this moment for all my life. Can you feel it coming into the air tonight? Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Well... If you told me you were drowning, I would not lend a hand. (laughs) I've seen your face before, my friend, but I don't know if you know who I am. Well, I was there, and I saw what you did. I saw it with my own two eyes, so you can wipe off that grin. (laughs) This is the darkest intro song for a marriage podcast. But that's crazy. That's something, though, about music that's so fascinating is that when you pair a melody that is beautiful and a beat that's that's very memorable that no one even really knows what the words are about. It's just no. that one drum drum solo mm-hmm. that everyone knows. But anyways, back to Ada. Uh, we like to name Ada. We were looking for something traditional, something with maybe some Czech and Italian background. 
but I think the thing that we're really, we can say that, but ultimately we just don't know any Adas, and therefore we have no bad taste in our mouth about an Ada. Yeah, you realize when you name a child how many people in your life that you've met and how many people in your life that you don't necessarily want to think about when you think of your child. Long list. <laughs> Very long list. But uh, Ada was an accident, and we weren't planning on having a kid. We got married two and a half years ago, and it feels like yesterday. I'm it just does. so in love with you. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> well, crap, but sweet. No, I'm just, I'm just teasing her. I, I actually just don't love you at all. That's cool. <laughs> no. Um, back to the accident. It was an accident. We were, we were trying to get five years in. We had some travel goals. We went on a couple mm-hmm. trips. Our honeymoon was fun, and then. We went on our most recent trip to the Czech Republic and Austria, and I think when we came back from that trip, we had both agreed, all right, if we had a kid, yeah, it wasn't moved, going to be the worst thing. We moved up the plans. When we first got married, we said five years and stuck to five years, and then at the two-year mark, we took our trip, yeah. and then when we got home from our trip, we said, well, what are we really waiting for? Do we really yeah. need to wait that long? So, and then we kind of thought, well, maybe maybe three or four years. So it, it was an accident, but it wasn't an unwelcomed accident. It was an accident from God. And we're so thankful for really this opportunity to raise a child, but not just raise a child, raise a child in the Lord. I think that Elizabeth and I would both agree with everything that's going on in the world it is more important than ever to raise your child in the Lord, in the Lord because this yes. child is going to face temptations that we aren't even aware of yet. When we were born, the cell phone didn't exist. The internet didn't exist. Think about our parents. They had no chance of really understanding the temptations we were going to have as teenagers. Yeah. Like, told, Absolutely. Like, you know, our parents were playing Pong. Like, that was the worst electronic yeah. thing they could do with their friends was like yep. – like like some parents sitting in bed in like the eight like late seventies mid seventies and they're just like, man, I really just don't know if we're letting him play pong too much. <laughs> well, the most scandalous <laughs> thing was if you found your teenage boy had like a Playboy magazine or something like that. Yeah. Anyways, so she was an accident. Elizabeth, walk us through a little bit. You know what your thought process was. First of all. When did you think it could be the case that you're, you were pregnant? And then <laughs> Immediately. we took multiple tests. So just walk <laughs> us through everything there. Yeah. So to go back even a little bit farther, I had stopped using hormonal contraceptives about a year prior to this or seven months or something like that. So I had been, we had been, um, our birth control method was uh, natural family planning, fertility awareness, whatever you want to call it, keeping track of your cycle, and it had gone really well, and it was, you know, generally pretty easy to use, and it was really effective, and I knew every month, I knew what day I ovulated, and uh, we uh, got right around that time, and... One thing led to another, and... All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. What? <laughs> it got around that time, and inevitably something happened. They can fill in the blanks, so let's just skip to, like, post. I just feel like your lead-up right now is <laughs> definitely, like... I think the listener is sitting, I'm like, where is she going to go into this? You gotta, gotta keep them on their on He their touched toes. my shoulder. No. 
And I knew now was the moment. One thing led to another, and I thought, wait a second. I'm on I don't like you. <laughs> Why did we get married? No, I knew pretty much. I didn't know, but right after, and I said it to you after I said, I think I'm ovulating tomorrow. And I checked the app that I was using, and I was ovulating the next day. So I didn't know for sure. I had none of those, like, oh, I just know. Like some people yeah. say they just know. I had none of those feelings. But And for me, my defense mechanism has always been prepare for the absolute rock bottom. And if anything better will be good. So I just yeah. always assumed my whole life that I was uh, infertile. Yeah, we always expected <laughs> it was going to take us forever. Yeah, we were when we were we like, this is going to take months to and months and months. And I was just like, no, Matt, you're never going to have a baby. <laughs> and just to prepare yeah. myself, and, and if I couldn't, because ultimately I think Elizabeth and I both are, I mean, having a family, I think, personally as us as individuals – is very, very important to each other. Yes, I would agree. When we were separate. And so that's part of the reason is that we knew that if we were infertile, that it was going to be a hard emotional process. So we kind of did a cheap little defense mechanism and just assumed yeah. it was going to be hard. Yeah. But, but so back that's, who to we the story. that's who we are. Yeah, go ahead. So uh, I think it was four days after, after ovulation, and we were talking about it. And Matt was like, you know what? I'm going to go buy you a pregnancy test. And I was like, okay, well, I think it's too early. I don't think it would, I don't think it would even really do anything. So we got a pregnancy pe- test, peed on the stick. It was negative, but we both knew that it would, it would have been negative regardless. It wasn't early enough or it was too early to tell. And then it was like two or three days later, Saturday, I had ordered some tests off of Amazon they were supposed to come in in, I think, two or three days, but I was getting really antsy. We had guests coming over that night. Killer and Kyle were coming over, so I, I had Matt pick up another test at Dollar General when he went to go grab something, and he came home. I grabbed the test. I don't think he even knew I took it. And I always, I wonder, I always wondered, did that Dollar General cashier remember me? Well, you went in about three different times to get tests. And then to get prenatal vitamins an hour after you bought one of the tests. And it's funny, too, because probably every single time I went in there, I was just a little bit more frazzled. (laughs) Probably. Like like a cartoon, your hair is just a little messed up. Yeah. It's disheveled. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So finally we get home. Well, I get home. And you take this test. And weren't we cooking something? I remember being at the stove and hearing you. Yeah, you were in the kitchen. Well, first of all, I wanted to be a part of it. And Elizabeth just went off on her own. <laughs> and then I hear her say... Quite honestly, I thought it was going to be negative. Okay. When and I then I heard you... Did you say Matt? I just said, Matt. And I waited for you to respond and you said something. And I said, I took the test. <laughs> and I said, oh my gosh. She's going to come in here with a freaking pregnancy test that's positive. And so sure enough, she came in about shaking like a... Like a skeleton like a in the leaf. wind. Yeah. Your hand was shaking I pretty was good. I like was trembling. Why were you, was your hand shaking? What do you think I, caused that? Honestly, I don't even know. It was just such a rush of adrenaline, I think. And I couldn't even tell you if that was scared, excited, just what what a big moment though. You find That's out so you're gonna interesting. be a mom. I agree, that is a big moment. But it's so interesting that you use the phrase adrenaline. 
because when I think of adrenaline, I think of something more physical. And so that was almost like an intellectual adrenaline, which is like a huge, almost like, um, it's almost like your body was like, yes, like yeah. this is what you're meant to do. Here we go. Buckle up. Yeah. And Get I, ready. And, and honestly, I don't understand why we, why it's bad to say that a woman's body biologically and anatomically is very excited and ready to reproduce because that is not, and I think a lot of people today take that as a devaluing you, like devaluing the woman saying like, that's all she is. And I get that. You don't want to say that's all that a woman is worth. That's not what I'm saying, but why can't we at least honor the most primal part of who you are? I cannot carry a baby. As a man, it's it's physically impossible. You were the the female species is the only species that can carry a uh, or, or I guess I should specifically say because there are some species where the man does carry the egg or watch the egg. Uh, for example, in the ocean, but a woman is the only one who can who can consume an egg while it's fertilized. No male fertilizes an egg in his body. Don't seahorses. I think that's seahorses that weird. do that. The the seahorse. I don't know. Let's not sit here and speculate <laughs> about like we're, Elizabeth and I get a Elizabeth and I get a podcast. Mike and all of a sudden we're uh, sea biologists. What do they call it? Marine biologist. But uh, point of the matter is, is that she was definitely like on something, whether it was yeah. adrenaline or nerves or what, and she came to the stove. And she showed me this line, and this line, honestly, was the most faint line ever. So faint. And it's tough because I didn't know the science of how a pregnancy test worked. So I didn't understand because for me, the the concept was very foreign. My thought was it's a faint line. That either means it's negative or it's a, it's a false test because it would be clear. And I didn't understand how the pregnancy test, the so way a pregnancy test works for those who don't know, your body begins producing a hormone called HCG, which is basically the hormone that tells your body, okay, you're pregnant, you need to shut down the systems that your body uses while not pregnant, and you need to, you need to keep this egg in your uh, uterus, basically. Yeah, it's the, the hormone that releases... I believe essentially to trigger trigger other hormones to change. Yeah, so it's like the starter, it's the catalyst of pregnancy. Progesterone and estrogen. Yes. Yeah, so that's when you take a, any sort of pee test, blood test, anything that detects pregnancy is always an HCG. And it's test. detecting those levels, and those levels determine how thick the line is. And yes. so all that really meant was that she was early in the pregnancy. So of course. We get another test two or three days later, and the and the line was definitely Darker. more faint. And then we were faced with the possibility, and the big question: Oh my gosh, it is in the middle of COVID nineteen. Yep. This was what late April. Yeah. Late April that we found this Mid out. Late April. We're we're in Illinois. We weren't even allowed to pick our own nose around that time. <laughs> That's what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah, we had to wear masks in the shower. <laughs> like they were not having it. We weren't. We weren't having church. We weren't having Bible study. We didn't see yep. anybody. We did host some friends, and they had left, so we were all alone here. And you're looking at the world, and you're like, man, 
how, what is it going to be like raising a child in that world? Yeah. So that was a tough question, but I think part of it made it difficult because we were so early. Yeah, we found out so early. I think we found out at four weeks, which is pretty much the earliest you can find out. You can find out. Yeah. I think we found out like the day that we could possibly find out. I mean, I mean, if you look at things online that it's like how your pregnancy progresses, typically they start at like week eight, finding out you're pregnant. Like we were so far so far ahead of that, which was nice because then you you start taking your prenatals earlier. You can be careful not to drink any alcohol or do anything that could be dangerous to the baby. But yeah, it's a lot longer than to wait from week four to week 12. Well, we did just get an inflatable hot tub, and that was definitely a dilemma. <laughs> I remember thinking about whether or not we should return it or not, but ultimately yeah. we kept it. It's been a great purchase. If you have any more questions about that, please send an email to <laughs> E-L-I-Z-A-T dot zero one zero six at gmail.com. Um, but anyways, so yeah, it was just so early. And I think it being early too, your body was so normal at first for me. And it was yeah. just, I couldn't understand it. Neither one of us could understand it. I don't, I think I had very few physical symptoms by then. I think, I don't even think I was really that bloated or... I don't even think my breasts were tender. Like it, I was, it was just very normal. I think I, I had to pee more frequently. Yeah. I noticed that and I was ever so slightly lightheaded. But other than that, I had no, none of those typical, like, oh, I knew I was pregnant kind of symptoms. Yeah. So before we go on to the next part, we're going to pause for a segment I like to call what do you miss the most while pregnant? Oh, gosh. What do I miss the most? I miss sushi and red wine. I just want some sushi and a glass of red wine. Well, I don't know if you can call it red wine anymore because after all these protests, you want to be pretty safe on what you say. It's just neutral wine now. <laughs> Let the wine decide what color it is, Elizabeth. Get with the times. Yeah, sushi and red wine. That she's been craving sushi and red wine. Anyways, back to the story. So, one day, I think I was home, right? When when uh, you went to the restroom and you were at a board meeting. I was at a board meeting and yeah, I came home, and Elizabeth was pretty frantic. And she, kudos to her though for not reaching out to me during the board meeting because, you know, ultimately nothing was going to change in that period of time. And that was good for me. Cause that would have been awful sitting in the board meeting. But anyway, she had started to bleed a little bit, right? Yeah. A little bit of bleeding, mainly spotting, nothing super heavy, but yeah, bleeding nonetheless. And of course we're freaking out because yeah. you watch, you watch the pop culture in the media and it's like bleeding is just death. Like there well, was, there's you, no coming back from that on movies. And you Google <laughs> and Google says, well, it could be nothing, but you're probably having a miscarriage. Google, I feel like sometimes is trying to make us depressed because yeah. when you Google something, it's always not, it's always the answer you don't want. Or maybe that's just because I'm Googling the wrong questions. Maybe. But. You must be Googling the wrong stuff. But anyways, so we had that issue. We go into the doctor, and this is a good sign, but it was just some implanting, I think, right? Just some implantation bleeding. bleeding. Yeah, it was – I actually, I don't think it was implantation bleeding. It was 
a subchorionic hematoma. I think that's what it's called. Which was a little pocket of blood underneath the placenta. But it was small, very minor. They can be major, but it was very minor and it bled and then I think that, that I think that is the name of implantation bleeding. Because implantation the those are created at implantation because the fetus does not line up flush with the wall. So there's a pocket of blood that bursts. And when that pocket burst, that's when you bleed. I think that is called the, the common phrase, implantation bleeding. And what you said was the science phrase. It might be, but I think implantation bleeding is more associated with the blood that comes while the when the egg implants. Mm, I see. And I see. the, the subchorionic hematomas can stay for a while. They can burst much later. Mm, that would suck. Yeah. Having one late that was just in there at like week 30... And just randomly, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't know. Stay in there that but anyways, anyways, back to our catch up on our timeline. Uh, so they started taking Elizabeth's vitals and they started measuring for that same HCG that I spoke of earlier. And of course, the first time it came back, her levels were in the normal range. But with HCG, they want to see it double every 48 to 72 hours for the first at minimum eight weeks of pregnancy. And we were at about week six and a half yep. and Elizabeth was only increasing by about 12% at one point, right? It was that low. It, it was going down. So I think at first it was, it went up by 50% and the doctors were like, well, that's not bad. It could just be moving slow. We'll take another test, took another one. And then it went down. It was 40%. They're like, mm. okay, that's not good. Let's get you in for an ultrasound. So we went in for the ultrasound, which this was partially a blessing in disguise because originally with COVID, I wasn't going to be able to take Matt into any of the doctor's appointments. Wasn't going to take him to, wasn't going to be able to go to the ultrasound, wasn't going to be able to come to the appointments. But since this was potentially a, a tragic thing, uh, they let Matt come with me. So that was really cool. We both got to be in that first ultrasound. Um, and the ultrasound looked okay, and they, when we were there, they pretty much told us it was fine, but I think the heart rate they found was slightly low, and there yeah, was some so other, the, some other small the dimensions of the baby were a little bit behind, the heartbeat was slow, the HCG obviously, but I think this was a classic case of TMI. I mean, HCG, as we said earlier, that's the hormone that tells the body you're pregnant. And then the, and then the body begins producing the hormones that it actually needs to take this baby to full term. So if HCG isn't doubling, the hypothesis is that, and I think about 86% of women, when the HCG does not double, it ends in miscarry because the body isn't fully prepared. The odd thing with Elizabeth is that in most of those cases, HCG remained in the 10,000 range. But Elizabeth or lower. A lot of them were very low. And Elizabeth, 700. Yes, exactly. Elizabeth was in the 50, 60,000 range. And so our right. doctor had to tell us those statistics and prepare us for the possibility. But it was just a weird team. It was almost like, look, like, let us see what happens almost. Because yeah. 
it, we, I mean, we were sleeping on the couch. We moved the guest bed mattress in the living room and I slept took on a that. Days off of work. Yeah, it we was, were it depressed. Was it, it was very stressful. stressful. And so finally, yeah. enough time passed, which was what the worst probably six, seven weeks of our life, of our marriage at the minimum, because basically with the HCG, it's wait and see. That's what they tell you, wait yeah. and see. But once you hit week 14, now you're normal again. So all of a sudden, we hit week 14, and it was like, okay, we have to reprogram our minds. Yeah, well, week 14, if you don't know, is the beginning of the second trimester, and that's when your chances of miscarriage in any pregnancy plummet. So that's why most women wait until the second trimester to announce their pregnancy, week 12, week 14, usually around that time. So we were just playing a waiting game from week seven, I think seven weeks and three days was when all this HCG stuff ended. And the doctor said, well, everything's looking good right now. Could have been a fluke. We'll just see. So for the next seven weeks, it was just waiting and waiting and hoping and praying that everything was going to be normal and healthy, but also in the back of our minds expecting to wake up to blood or something like that and for there to be a miscarriage. So when we hit the 14th week, that was a big week, and it was a big shift, a big pivot to kind of have to move your mind around to this is healthy. We're good. Let's start looking forward. Yeah. So that was, I think, a little bit harder for me because by this time you started to show already. <laughs> I wouldn't say I was showing, but I was definitely very bloated. You were definitely very poochy. I just looked like... A kangaroo with a little pooch. I had eaten a few too many donuts at that point. I think that's just your perception of your own body. I don't think that's how I Maybe. saw it. You, you. I mean, it was a clear abnormal pooch. It, it, it was. It, it could have been too much donuts, but it would have been. It wouldn't have been too much donuts recently. It would have been too much donuts ten years ago, and then you had surgery. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it would pooch look like more than anything. <laughs> okay, that's so, a very thorough description. So yeah, I think you know, and now of course the baby's doing well. Fast forward, we're we're to week twenty four now, twenty three. Twenty three as of tomorrow. Twenty three as of as of tomorrow, and so we're we're plowing along. She's growing. She's starting to feel her kick. Um, due date now is December 29th. We are so excited. Um, I'd say the most important thing that. I've learned throughout this, and then I'll give Elizabeth a chance to answer that question. That's how we'll end each one of these episodes is, you know, people always would speak about how having a child is a miracle. And of course, I grew up in the um, mid-90s. I mean, we're talking a time period in United States and in both world history of, um, you know, science, a, a time history where science both in the schools, both in the way parents talked about things at home, had in a lot of ways taken over the things of God. So, for example, when you learn about creation in school, you weren't learning about God creating it. You were learning about evolution. You were learning about um, all of that stuff. And so that really desensitizes you to the fact that having a child, making a human child 
with Elizabeth is by far the most unexplainable experience I've ever encountered. There's no piece of science that can explain the way that your body and my body come together to create another human. I mean, when you say it in those terms, it's it's just so miraculous. And so for me, my disdain and um, really I'd say at this point anger against abortion has really grown because you, I'm beginning to understand how much of a real-life person these, these little babies are because no one can tell me that Ada is not alive right now. No one can tell me that Ada, she's not out of the womb. She's not a real baby. She doesn't have rights. Because if Elizabeth got in a wreck right now, I would be choosing Ada over her. And, the, and she would say the same exact thing about me. Because a baby is a miracle from the moment it's conceived. But that's probably the most important thing I've really learned during this. What about you, Elizabeth? I think one of the most important things I've learned is that there's a lot of stuff you just have to let go of, especially, and I, I know this is kind of the beginning of a lot of things in motherhood that you just have to let go of, and especially going through the HCG situation, finding out we were pregnant and realizing I had a couple drinks earlier in the week and I had spent an hour in an incredibly hot hot tub the night before did I harm my baby and ultimately you just have to do your best and let go of everything else because there's things that you can't change and if you stress about the things you can't change are you really going to be able to focus your attention on the things that you can change. So you just got to kind of let it go and live in the moment and make the best decisions you can at the time. Yeah. I think that's super wise. I think that's why I married you. Thank you. Um, that's great. So we're excited. We're ready for a little Adaconda to get here. Yes. Trademark Adaconda. Um, but we love you guys. We appreciate everyone's support, all our friends and family. And I hope that you enjoy this. Uh, catch up and next week in our episode we'll talk about some more current events in our own personal life and maybe some things that are going on and how we're thinking about approaching things like the nursery color <laughs> and things like that so uh, sorry we can't spend more time with you guys we love you and we'll see you next time